Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Today's kids can face some very tough issues in their lives every day. Now we have a place to come to for some much-needed help. Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, here is your host. Thank you. Welcome to The Good, The Bad, The Ugly on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Emma, and our topic today is autism and then we're going to talk about Asperger's syndrome, and then our last segment is uh, diabetes. So, uh, what basically what autism is 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 a, it uh, autism is a brain disorder that often makes it hard to communicate with the re- and relate to others with autism. The different areas of the brains fail to work together. So basically, like um, most people who have autism, don't comprehend some things like we do we don't they don't uh think through as much as we do we don't analyze things we don't dissect things they don't dissect things as well and uh what causes autism is autism tends to run in families so experts think it may be something that you inherit or you uh genetically get it and scientists are trying to find out exactly which genes may be responsible for passing down autism through the families and if you don't know if you have autism or you don't know if a family member has autism uh some of the symptoms are that a delay in learning to talk or not to talk at all and a child may seem to be deaf not even though hearing tests are normal and they repeat and overruse uh, types of behavior, interest, and plays. And example is including repeat body rocking, unusual attachments to objects, and getting very upset with routine change. So they don't really like the, uh, I don't know what the word for is, change. They don't like change at all. They like what's set in stone, and if you change it, they freak out, and that's, basically what I do but I don't have autism and it just you have points of interest that you have that you have to take and put it in organization and if you don't then they'll just freak out they'll just shut down and you don't want that and how is autism diagnosed uh there are guidelines your doctor will will use to see if you're a child or an adult has the symptoms of autism and you can get it at any age it's not just a young age you can get it vi- variously through your life you you can go all your life without having autism and then when you turn into adult you can have autism and uh you can here are like the main three types of symptoms you'd see on how to diagnose autism, the social interactions and relationships. For example, uh, a person may have trouble making eye contact with you. People with autism may have a hard time understanding someone else's feelings or so much pain and sadness. So they, if somebody somebody you loved passed away, they you have pain you have feeling you have sadness and they might not know what that is and they might freak out because they don't know what it is and they 
want to know more like they don't want to know more because they can't feel what you're feeling at that exact moment and another uh the second symptom is verbal and nonverbal communication for example a person may not never speak or his she or he or she may often repeat a certain phrase over and over again so it's not like hello 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 it's not like well it's kind of like that but it's a certain kind of phrase that if a, a person with autism hears it it's like it's like a parrot that repeats itself and repeats itself and they have no control over it and a third is limited interest in activities or play for example uh children uh often focus on parts of toys rather than playing with the whole toy and older children and adults may be fascinated by a certain topic like trading cards and license or license plates so they like to collect things and they like to uh they like to collect things and trade things and be, have many different choices so um how it's treated is Treatments for autism involve special behavioral training, behavioral training, rewards, good behavior, positive reinforcements to teach the children or the people social skills and teach them how to communicate and how to help themselves as they grow older. So they might have a teacher or somebody older who doesn't have autism help them grow as a person and help them. And it's really hard to get through. It's really hard to get through. Um, a person with autism because it's you will get frustrated if you if you do uh be with them and you get fr you can get frustrated a lot and you can have ang you can be angry at them and it's not their fault that's just how they think and how they talk and how they look and it's not their fault that they can't comprehend things like we can and how can like how can your family deal with a child having or an adult having autism is an important part of a person's treatment plan is making sure that other family members get training about autism and how to manage symptoms and training can reduce family stress and help your children or an adult help function better and some families more help often than them and sometimes when i was in middle school I was a very uh involved in best buddies and I was uh a te not a teacher per se but a person who volunteers to help them and once you see them you might think yeah they're different and yeah they they might have a brain of a 5-year-old but they love you and they even if they first met you you walk through the door and go they go oh hey and they give you hugs and they give you like uh, they just open their arms and some kids don't agree with that so they decide to make fun of them instead of helping them and they hurt them in the process and it's hard for them to overcome that fear because once you make fun of them their wall is teared down and their self-confidence is boosted down to a lower level that they don't understand it at all and they just ask questions like why do they hate me why 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 are they hurt? why are they saying these things i didn't do anything to them and it's hard for them to comprehend that why they are making fun of them why are they hurting themselves because of what that one person says because they're so focused on what that person says that they don't know 
how to control that they start to just shake and just start rocking back and forth and they go they just shut down and they just yell and scream and they try to hurt themselves as hard as they can and they can't and you have to have five or ten people come and surround teachers to come help and surround them and I had that experience where um, one of the students who had autism one of this guy his, this guy was in the lunch line and they were in the lunch line too and he he said he made a remark to one of the kids and the kid didn't know what was happening he didn't know why it was happening and he and he started hurting himself because he didn't know why he was getting made fun of and it's hard for people to understand that and he had to get dragged out of the cafeteria and he had to get dragged back to the classroom because he was hurting himself and he's endangering others because he didn't know what else to do he didn't know how to control himself like we do we don't know how to hold back our feelings because he shows his feelings out there and he just shows his he he's open about it and he's not afraid to be who he is but every time he tries to show how he is he gets made fun of for it. Yeah, he might have he might be 25 or 26 and he might have a brain of a 5-year-old, but he's still a person. He's still a human being. And it just sucks that people don't see that. And it and it hurt it pains me to see the other kids are in so in shock and so in fear because they're they don't know what's happening. They don't know what's going on and it's just hurting them and it's and it's hurting us and the teachers as well as the students around us. And some of the kids, after after they after he had that episode, he was locked in what we called a timeout um, cubicle, where he calms down and he just relaxes and he has toys to play with and he calms down and he just breathe, he takes deep breaths and he and the te- I went in there and I sat down with him and he kept on asking why 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 are they hurting me why are they doing this and I said I don't know why they're hurting me I don't know why they're hurting you okay I, all I know is that they're going to stop at that moment when they're they're going to tell you that I'm going to say no I'm not going to let that happen to you because you're some part, you might not be as close to me as family, but you need someone who's always there for you because family can't always be there for their child because once you go to school, they're in school, they have teachers there to support them and all that, but they don't. the families have more of a connection to the child because they're normalized and they have their schedules changed. They have their schedules in place and all that. And more symptoms that have uh the social like i said in social interaction and relationships their uh symptoms may include like significant problems and developing uh like verbal skills and th- they can't pronounce some words and i can't pronounce some words myself but it's it's different for them because if you see the word dog they get so frustrated because they want to learn that word. They want to go home at night and tell their mom, hey, guess what I did today? I said the word dog. And it was just an amazing accomplishment because 
um, the little boy who had a freak out, he, uh, I was working with him with his uh, verbal skills, and he learned how to say spoon, and it was the most movement, move, like, m- like mo- movement that I've seen, and it really hit my heart because he got so excited because he can say that one little word, and it just brings my heart and soul into this, and I care for them deeply. And if you have a say in autism and you make fun of somebody who's like that, then you, you're you not a person at all. You're just a monster. Because why would you hurt somebody that can't help who they are or what they are? They, they can't help who they are. You just have to open yourself up and say, hey, I can do this. I can open my heart out to them and hopefully that they'll love me and of course they'll love you because they'll love anybody and so let's take a break i'm emma keep it right here you're listening to voice america kids stay connected sign up for our newsletter go beyond your favorite voice america shows visit iradioblog.com Kids these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations, and because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. Behind the Line is all about the inside of sports from a kid's point of view. This is a look at all of the action from Behind the Line. Join your host every Wednesday at 3 p.m. whether you're a kid or was a kid at some time in your life. We'll run down all of the scores, talk about the games of the past week, and preview what's coming up in the next week. You'll want to take notes because this is good stuff. The place to be Wednesdays at 3. That's 6 p.m. Eastern is the Voice America Kids channel for Behind the Line. Want to laugh yourself silly over the crazy happenings of the celeb world and beyond? Tune in to Behind the Mask on Voice America Kids. Your hosts will uncover the celebrities you know and love, along with some that you might not know in this country, but they are admired across the world. But it's not just the famous that need to look out. We'll look inside the music biz, stage, and of course, the big screen. Listen to Behind the Mask every Thursday at 8 p.m. on Broadway and 5 p.m. Hollywood side on the Voice America Kids channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to the good, the bad, and the ugly on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back to The Good, The Bad, The Ugly on here on Voice America Kids Network. I'm Emma, and our topic today is Asperger's Syndrome, and then we're going to talk about diabetes. So what really is Asperger's Syndrome? Asperger's Syndrome is a developmental disorder that makes it very hard to interact with other people, and your child or an adult may find it hard to make friends because they're socially awkward. So isn't that basically what every teenager is, is kind of socially awkward? So how does that make anybody any different with Asperger's? And Asperger's is a part of autism. It's a type of autism that makes it um, make them uncomfortable to be around other people. And it makes them socially awkward that they might enter in a room and the kids would just look at them and be like, oh who's that? Why is she here? Because, or they're here because they would burst out in rants and they would be like, hey, how's it going? And be like, and try to be your friend. And they watch television shows that help them interact with other people, but they might not understand why people are like that, that they're like, oh, I don't want to hang with you. I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. And what causes Asperger's syndrome is the exact cause of Asperger's syndrome is not known yet. And there is no known way to prevent it. And it tends to run in families. So researchers are doing studies to look for genetic causes like they do for autism. And what are the symptoms are there's uh more than one symptoms that have a very hard time relating to others and it doesn't mean that they avoid social contact but they lacked in in uh instincts and skills to help them express their thoughts and feelings and notice others feelings the second symptom is liked fixed routines and change is very hard for them so they have to plan out everything in ahead and if something comes off point and it's you're late then they freak out they bug out they'd be like no this is what the date is and in the time and because if they if they run a little late or run a little early they just freak out and say it's gonna go a mess and gonna go awry and the third symptom is may not recognize verbal or nonverbal cues or understand social norms for example they may stare at others not make eye contact or not known what personal space means so they basically don't know when you say this is my personal bubble they don't know what you mean they think that a personal bubble is like a bubble you can throw around and like have fun with and they don't know what's a personal bubble and they they might stare at you but they just they just know that everything would be like you have to keep eye contact you have to be focused you have to be there for them because they're they don't know what's going on and the fourth one is may have speech that's flat and hard to understand because it lacks tone pitch or normal accents or they might have a formal style of speaking that advances for all ages so they might have trouble speaking they might they might stumble in some words and because they don't know how to say it right or they don't know how to do that right the other causes are may lack uh coordination, have unusual facial expressions, body postures and gestures, but somewhat clumsy. So like if they play sports, they might 
hold the bat or hold any object differently than you see other people holding it. And you might have, they might just like stand differently. They might slouch a little too much to the left or too much to the right. And uh, they also might have poor handwriting skills and have trouble with other uh, motor skills, like such as riding a bike, because they, they don't know how in their brain they think they're doing it, but they're actually can't do it at all because of their uh, brain cells trying to get down to the body and have them ride the bike and their handwriting is all as people say chicken scratch because they don't know how to write perfectly does really anybody know how to write perfectly because I know I don't I don't know how to write perfectly and uh, other ones they might have only one or few interests and they may focus on a few things for instance they might show unusual interests in snakes or stars names or may draw very different detailed pictures but uh, what they most do is make loud noises, lights, and strong taste and texture. Textures, so they, it might bother them that uh, the light in the room is too bright, and or you're talking too loud, even though I'm talking to you straightforward. And it's it's very hard to interact with somebody like that, but it's really easy once you get used to it. And how is uh, Asperger's syndrome diagnosed? If you are concerned about um, your behavior or another person's behavior or communication style, talk to um, your doctor about it. And he or she will ask you about your your uh, person's development and ask if other people have noticed her, your, your uh, person's social problems and how is it treated uh treatment is based on your child's unique symptoms and it may change often so that it's most useful for your child doctors teachers and mental health mental health counselors can help your child improve his or her behavior and build social and learning skills school programs uh job training and counseling can help too and many children with Asperger's syndromes also have other conditions such as uh, ADHD or obsessive compulsive disorder. At home you can help build your child's confidence or in skills, use rules and daily routines and visual aids and role playing. So you can just like say, here, look at this is what we're learning today. And they'll be like, oh, cool. Or they could be totally opposite and run the other way. And um, you can focus on your child's strength or the person's strength and encourage them as best as you can. Don't ever knock them down because they will be they'll get up and just start fighting more and more and be more attentive. And federal laws requires uh, public schools to have programs for people ages 3 through 21 with special needs. So if you want to do that, you can contact your school district to find out what services your child or a person can be a part of. And what I really thought was cool is that now on NBC, the uh, show Parenthood, they have all the normal characters except for one child named Max, and he has Asperger's syndrome. And what really, really was relatable because, like I said before, in my autism, I, I uh, volunteered to be a best buddy, and I got you get chosen. You don't get you don't get to choose your partner. Their partner chooses you, 
and I got the best partner I could ever think of, and her name was Billy Joe. And uh, she had Asperger's syndrome, and she would be all happy and giddy all the time. And she, yeah, she'll tell you what to do. Be like, oh, be happy, be happy. No, wait, wait. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. You need to be sad. Be sad. No, jumpy. Now you need to jump. Now you need to jump. And it, it was so fun because you uh, you get to see the smile that brought on the kids' face when you do something that they ask. And, yeah, they they get in trouble a lot, but they don't know better. They're like, um, they just think that it's funny to them, and they think it's funny, and they'll laugh. And uh, Billy would uh, Billy Joe would always, like, jump around and be, like, all giddy and be in. When I walk into the classroom second hour when I had uh, best buddies, she'd be like, Emma and when she said Emma everybody looked up and just like stared at me and they just started bolting to the door where I was and just gave me a big huge group hug because they knew that were they were gonna have fun and that they were gonna learn so much more not just from me that I'm learning a new experience and how they focus in on their life and they just they are they like they like I said in autism they might have a brain of a five year old but they're focused on one thing and I know one thing that Billy Joe was really focused on was uh, Pokemon cards and she would every day she would bring a little bind she would bring like five to six binders of Pokemon cards and she only had one of each because she didn't like m- one or more two pairs of cards because she would be be choosing which one's better which one looks prettier but what really was really exciting because you see her light up and smile and be all happy that she she can go on and on for hours on what pokemon what pokemon is her favorite and every every other minute she'd change her mind be like oh i like this one no i like that one oh no i really like this one but what really, what really shocked me is um, was the TV show about parenthood where a child has autism, and I saw uh, an episode where it was Max's birthday, and he was focusing on insects and all this other stuff, and that he was focused that he's like, oh, I want to, I want that insect and all this and all I want this uh, bug wrangler and stuff like that and it just reminded me flashback to Billy Joe and her Pokemon cards and it makes me think every time I think of Pokemon cards I think of her and think of how all these kids have different niches that thing the they have and that they focus on the most and they're just human beings just like us but they see things in different light and they see the universe in a different way than we do. Yeah, we might they might not comprehend some words or why they burst out. It's not their fault. It's how they are. And if you have somebody who has Asperger's syndrome or autism, do not judge them for who they are. Just open up. Yeah, it takes time, but be loving. Open yourself up to new experiences. So let's take a break. I'm Emma. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you believe in the supernatural? Well, some do and some don't, which is why Beyond the Third Dimension looks at both sides. You have one host who believes in ghosts, while the other can't think of anything more ridiculous. Put them together and you get some great discussion and some real discoveries and exploration of the paranormal, and then some. Tune in to Beyond the Third Dimension, airing Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. And try not to be afraid of things that go bump in the night. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to the good, the bad, and the ugly on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to The Good, The Bad, The Ugly here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Emma, and our topic today is diabetes, and I'm lucky to be here with my aunt and Dennis. Hi, how you doing? Great, Emma. How are you doing? I'm so proud to be here today. <laughs> oh, thank you. So what is America, American Diabetes Association, and what do they do? Great. Well, we're a national organization, and our mission is to prevent and to cure diabetes and improve the lives of all people affected by diabetes. And what do you do for that association? Well, I work as a manager, and I work on special events, um, primarily going into schools and raising money um, to find a cure for diabetes and to help people who already have it. But also I do a lot of education for families, children, and schools so that um, we can improve the lives of people living with it, but also hopefully prevent diabetes, get that information out to the public. And really, how uh, how what different types of diabetes is there out okay. there? Great. Well, there's um, actually lots of different types of diabetes, but the two major types of diabetes that's impacted by the public are type 1 diabetes, where you're insulin dependent, and then there's also type 2. Uh, 26 million Americans have diabetes, and out of 26 million, about 90 to 95% have type 2. The other 3 to 5 have type 1, and then some have gestational diabetes or a form of Modi diabetes. So um, I know Preston, my cousin, has diabetes. Mm -hmm. Uh, What kind of diabetes does he have? He has type 1 insulin-dependent diabetes, which is you're born with a genetic predisposition for diabetes, but you have to have a trigger from the environment that makes your immune system destroy all of your insulin-making cells from your pancreas. And so he got diabetes at the age of 2. And so he's had it now for 16 years. He just turned 18, and and, um, insulin-dependent means that he has to either take shots of insulin for the rest of his life or use an insulin pump until we find a cure. So what's the difference between the insulin and insulin pump? 
Okay. Well, insulin by syringe, you probably have to take four to six shots a day for the rest of your life. You take a shot every time you eat any kind of food to help get that food into your cells um, because your food becomes glucose in your body. And then the only way that your body, your cells can get that glucose is by insulin. And since type one, your body stops making insulin from the pancreas, you have to take shots of insulin cover for all the food that you eat. Um, your, your cousin uses a pump that um, he wears 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He sleeps in it. And it's more like a computer where it just drips insulin into him throughout the day. And he programs how much insulin he needs. So instead of taking shots four to six times a day, he changes that infusion line that drips the insulin every three days. So it saves him, you know, probably six to eight injections a week. So um, he prefers the insulin pump because he thinks it's better management. But yeah. you're both getting insulin both ways. Yeah, and um, for pricking your finger, what does that do? And Right. So um, people with type 1, type 2, gestational Modi, they have to check their blood sugar to see how much of that glucose that's not getting in the cells is building up in your bloodstream, and that's toxic and poisonous. So people with diabetes have to check their um blood sugar um, four to eight times a day to make sure that their levels are within a normal range so that they don't get complications later in life. And so you prick a finger or a forearm and um, it lets you know how much glucose is building up in your bloodstream. Normal blood um, glucose in a bloodstream is 80 to 120 if you don't have diabetes. Um, when your cousin was diagnosed at two, his um, blood sugar was 785. So you don't have to be over uh, overweight or anything to get diabetes, right? Or? With yeah, with type type one, it's genetics with a trigger from the environment, and even with type two, the risk factors for type two, and we'll talk a little bit about the difference. Um, family history: if you have um, immediate family members with type two, you're at a greater risk for getting type two, even if you're not overweight. Um, uh, ethnicity: some ethnic groups are at a higher risk for type two. A sedentary lifestyle where you're not active, you're at risk, but also if you're obese very, very overweight. So those are the four major risk factors for type 2 diabetes. And again, that's very different than type 1. Type 1 is genetics with a trigger from the environment. Type 2 are those four risk factors, right? So I know people in the work that I do that are very slim and have been their whole lives but have type 2 because of family history or their ethnicity, all right? So not everyone overweight has type 2. Yeah. And um, just because you're overweight doesn't mean you're going to get type 2, but it is a risk factor. Our body uses insulin better if we're active and if we're in a healthy weight. Okay, so type 2, you're still making some insulin, but you're either not making enough anymore or else your body's resisting it because of those four risk factors. So uh, if a person has diabetes, uh, how, like, um, when they work out, do they have to do an, another way a normal person would do it without diabetes, or can they do the exact same uh, routine that they've been doing all their lives? Right. People with diabetes can do what anyone else does, but they just have to check their blood sugar. If they're type 1, they have to take insulin. If they're type 2, sometimes they have to t take an oral medication. But if you're managing your, your blood sugar levels and your bloodstream well, someone with type 1 or type 2 can do everything everyone else can do. They just have the extra burden of managing their, the, the glucose in their bloodstream. So all the celebrities have come out, like Nick Jonas mm -hmm. and Brett Michaels. Right. Uh, what are they doing to help 
Right. Well, Nick Jonas has done a lot. He actually has a um, a charitable foundation for youth with diabetes, and he has type 1. He's insulin dependent. He got it a couple years ago, almost five years ago. He does a lot of public service announcements now, and he actually writes songs about it, about living with diabetes. So I think it helps that when people who have celebrity come up and they're not ashamed of it and they're not afraid to speak of it, it helps everyone else feel just more comfortable about saying, yes, I have diabetes, and educating the public. Brett Michaels has been awesome to us locally. He's donated money um, through camp, but also through Celebrity Apprentice. He's been great. He donated over $200,000 to the American Diabetes Association. But again, he got type 1 at the age of 6, and he's had diabetes for over 40 years now. But again, people with celebrity, they have that uh, opportunity to educate the public, which makes it easier for everyone that's dealing with diabetes. Okay, so you're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Emma, and our topic today is diabetes, and I'm here with Ann Dennis. And so what other types of diabetes is there besides type 1 and type 2? Because I know there's uh, those are the two main, but is there uh, any others that might fall under the radar that people might not know about? That's a great question. There's gestational diabetes that can happen to um, women when they're pregnant in their seventh month, and um, women who are getting um, OBGYN care during the pregnancy will be tested for that. Again, when you're pregnant, sometimes your body's resistant to insulin, and so you can have what's called gestational diabetes, and um, your OBGYN will send you to a nutritionist and maybe even a diabetes specialist called an endocrinologist to monitor you during your pregnancy. And so um, if you do everything the way you should be doing it, hopefully the, the outcome is that when you have the baby, you and the baby no longer have diabetes, which would be a positive. But then sometimes, unfortunately, the baby or the mom can end up with diabetes, and that's known as gestational diabetes. The other form that's kind of obscure is called Modi diabetes, and it's um, monogenetic, where it affects maybe just one gene, which is different than type 1 and type 2 diabetes. But there are more obscure, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. and fewer people in the population have them. But again, it's important for people to understand the different types of diabetes, and if if they're at risk for any of them. So um, I know like uh, glucose and insulin are different, but how are they? uh, Can you just take a a dose of glucose to help you feel better or do you have to take insulin? Right. Well, type 1 you have to take insulin. You're insulin dependent for the rest of your life and the whole goal is to take that insulin that you're injecting or using an um, uh, insulin pump and then take that glucose that you that came from the food you ate and get that into your cells so that you're healthy and live a long life with no complications. And that's type 1. With type 2 again, you're probably making some insulin Um, either not enough anymore or your body's resistant. So you might take an oral medication to help your body use insulin better, uh, lose some weight, exercise, eat healthier, those types of things. People with type 2 can take insulin too. The goal is to keep your blood glucose levels at that normal range so that you prevent or delay complications. With diabetes, it's the complications that are you know, waiting for you at the end of your journey. And so what you have to do every day is say, am I blood glucose levels where they need to be? So checking your your fingers and checking your blood sugar is important every day and knowing am I controlling my levels? Because that will determine whether or not you have complications and if you delay them or not have them at all. So it's so important to check your blood glucose. So um, like pricking your finger, can a pump do that too? Or like you have to 
prick your finger well you know some pumps you know technology is really great when people help us raise money through our different events like tour to cure that's coming up our cycling event which is a national event across the country when people help us raise money that's where it goes to it it goes to fund the most promising research on technology but also that cure so there are some um, pumps that have meters attached and it's a all in one unit, and so you're not carrying two or three things around. We also uh, talk about closing the loop, that eventually we'll have one machine where you can read your blood sugar and give yourself insulin in one dose, one time, so you're not pricking a lot, and you're not injecting. Those things are close. Those things are probably gonna happen within the next 10 to 20 years, and it's all due to people's generosity of um, funding research for technology to improve care, but also to help us find that cure. Um, And maybe, hopefully, um, a time where Um, we can give a vaccination or something to kids that are at risk so that they don't develop it. So there's lots of different promising research out there that we're funding through the generosity of the community and corporate sponsors. And uh, should families be scared if somebody in their family has diabetes? Should they be afraid? Should they just... Well, you know, if you have diabetes in your family, when we talk about type 1 um, and you look at um, the people that have type 1, you're at a 3% increased chance of, um, you know, having type 1 yourself or someone within your family having it. Um, I don't know about being scared. I think being um, alert to the uh, signs and symptoms and catching those things before it becomes an emergency. So I think maybe being alert and aware, but not overly um, concerned, because there's not really much you can do about it right now. There are studies that if you catch it early enough, they are doing some studies to try to prevent it. But again, um, I would just be alert, not scared. So what events or uh, programs can you do to help somebody who who doesn't have diabetes but want to help or well, somebody who you has can diabetes? always refer people to our um, 888-DIABETES number, but also our website is diabetes.org. Lots of educational information for type 1, type 2, gestational. Get people informed, and knowledge is such a powerful thing. And then if they want to help us raise money, we have lots of events like Tour to Cure, Step Out and Walk. They can go to our website, diabetes.org, and find out everything about the American Diabetes Association. Wow. Well, I've just got a lot of information that I didn't know about before. So uh, let's take a break. I'm Emma McCauley, and keep it right here. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. What is Take Two? 
Take two crazy hosts, put them in front of two microphones, and use your two ears to enjoy the fun. Times two. Take two. We'll go back, way back to the favorite TV shows of our childhood. Your parents' childhood. Um, no. Uh, try again, Chris. Take two. We'll take you back to the favorite TV shows of our generation, past and present, and apply them to what's going on in our own lives. Trust us, it'll be a blast. Tune in to Take Two every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. There is so much going on in the tech field. The Technology Show is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to The Technology Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. What are some of the issues that kids face every day? You'll find out when you tune in to the appropriately named Today's Kids. Your hosts are here to open the doors to a forum of all kinds of issues. Nothing is off the table here, and because it's on the Voice America Kids channel, you know you're getting a kid's perspective. Tune in every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Today's Kids. Your hosts will lead this forum of engaging conversation on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to the good, the bad, and the ugly on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to The Good, The Bad, The Ugly here on Voice America Kids Network. I'm Emma, and our topic today is diabetes. And I'm here with my wonderful aunt, Aunt Anne, who is uh, a spokeswoman for American Diabetes Association. Hi, Emma. So uh, what are the symptoms mainly about diabetes? What are the main symptoms? Okay, the symptoms for type 1 and type 2 diabetes are primarily the same. Type 2 diabetes has a couple of other symptoms. We'll talk about the major symptoms and the signs that you should be aware of if you think you might have diabetes or maybe someone in your family you're seeing these signs. Um, Increased thirst. Because your cells are not getting the glucose sugar from the food you eat, your cells actually begin to deteriorate and starve. And so you're thirsty all the time, okay? So in intense thirst, where maybe someone is wanting to drink maybe every half an hour and their thirst is never quenched. They're just always thirsty. Extreme, um, they're extremely tired and fatigued. No matter how much sleep they get, they never feel rested. And they can even develop like dark circles under their eyes because they're just not getting sleep anymore. So very tired, very thirsty. Uh, frequent urination. Um, because that glucose, uh, the glucose sugar from the food you eat isn't going into your cells, it's either building up in your bloodstream or your kidneys are trying to process it out of your body because it is toxic. It's poisonous when it reaches those elevated numbers, right? And so you're going to be urinating a lot to get that poisonous glucose out of your system. So people can be going to the bathroom seven or eight times a day where maybe they went you know, four or five times normally, they're eight, ten times a day. So um, thirsty all the time. 
um, uh, tired all the time, frequent urination, uh, weight loss. People will le- lose 7 to 12 pounds all of a sudden, just drop weight, and um, th- there's no reason for it. And again, it's because your cells are not getting the nutrients, the glucose that they need. So you're dehydrated and you're deteriorating, okay? So those are some of the major signs. Also, very hungry all the time. And um, and those are the things to look for. That's type 1 and type 2. Some additional ones for type 2 are that um, you might have sores or wounds that don't heal, very slow to heal. So that's another symptom for type 2. And also for type 2, and I'm going to hopefully say this right, I believe it's it's pronounced um, nicrogens encanthosis or encanthos nicrogens. And what it is, it's when the insulin's not getting in your cells, it's pulling up underneath your skin. And you'll actually get a dark mark around your neck or maybe in the folds of your um, arm or behind your knee. And so again, it's that dark circle. It's actually insulin pulling up under your skin. So those are additional to the, the normal ones we talk about for type one. Type two has a couple of additional ones. So like you said, like the uh, mechanical and all the pump and stuff and mm-hmm. getting the new new uh, high-tech stuff where you don't have to prick your finger anymore. What do, What are they doing studies for to what to make it perfect right well you know when we look at type 1 what they're trying to do is find a way to get your immune system not to attack your insulin making cells so they're looking at things about how do we stop that process from happening happening also your immune system not reacting to that trigger of the environment how do we stop that process so they're looking at lots of different studies related to you know um, protecting that immune system and resisting that, but also looking at family history and what we can do about immunizations for type 1 diabetes. There's lots of studies for children who are newly diagnosed with type 1 to try to um, prevent the uh, insulin-making cells from being totally destroyed and preserve some of those, right? So those are the kind of studies we're looking at for type 1. Type 2, we're looking at ways to help your body use insulin better, better medications, um, but also just learning more about the disease. Because we don't have a cure, all of these things or hypothesis. This is what we believe to be what causes diabetes. But until we really find that missing link, you know, these are hypotheses, and this is the best um, science that we have at this time. So can um, one person like have both type one and type two, or is it just That's a great type question. One? Right. Um, type one is just type one, okay? You're okay. insulin dependent. And um, type two um, can become type one. So you can have type two where your body is still making insulin and maybe being resistant or might, might not make enough, but eventually it may be where your body stops making insulin altogether and then you become insulin dependent. So type two can become type one, but type one does not become type two diabetes. Because with type one, you totally stop making insulin. Type two, you're still making it, either you're resisting or not making enough. So, like, um, some foods, can they cover the insulin shot, or do you have to take insulin? Right. Well, with type 1, you always have to take insulin when you eat, unless you eat things that are carb-free, which means about 99% of the food you eat is carb that becomes glucose, and that's what our cells need, is that glucose sugar. So every time you eat something with a carb in it, you're going to have to take some amount of insulin, right, if you have type Mm -hmm. 1. With uh, type 2, you go on a healthy food regimen where you know what you should be eating, and again, we look at a healthy plate, and a healthy plate for someone with diabetes is actually the healthy plate for everyone. If we all ate like that, 
we'd all be healthier. So half of your plate should be um, high in fiber, which would be fruits and vegetables. The other half is cut into fourths, so you would have your protein, and then on one side, like a fish, lean meats, turkey, chicken, you know, and then on the other side would be your starches, um, rice and potatoes and bread. And again, when we look at a healthy plate, we're looking at portion, how, how big of a portion are we eating, and then how often are we eating that. So it's just portion and moderation, which should be what we all should be living by. So the diet for someone with diabetes is actually just a healthy plate for everyone yeah. in America. So um, if like you have diabetes, can you be vegetarian or vegan? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, everyone with diabetes should be seen by a physician and monitored by a physician, and also just get as much information as they can to be their best advocate, and also just watching what they eat and how they manage their blood glucose levels. That's the most important thing. So you're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Emma, and our topic today is diabetes, and I'm here with my Aunt Anne. So... Um, I heard you wrote a book about a child's book. Uh, what is that about, and how did uh, it all work out? Great. Well, you know, your cousin got diagnosed back when he was two years old, Preston, with um, type 1 uh, insulin-dependent diabetes. And, you know, diabetes just doesn't impact the person with it. It impacts everyone that cares for them and loves them. Excuse me. <clears throat> And um, he just celebrated, and I shouldn't say celebrate, maybe we just acknowledged uh, 16 years of living with diabetes on February 13th when he was diagnosed. And I guess, you know, all of us in our families, we have things that happen to us, good and bad. And um, kind of like our philosophy, it's not what happens to you, it's what you do about it. So ever since he's been diagnosed, I've really tried to educate myself so that I understood diabetes type 1 and type 2 so that I could be the best caregiver I could to him. And um, part of that was helping him cope with the disease. So when he was probably about four or five, um, we started writing books for him to better understand what he was going through. And so one of them was published. It's called Taming the Diabetes Dragon. And it's his story of how he's a hero every day because he gets up and he tests his blood sugar four to eight times a day and he takes his insulin and he doesn't complain. And he goes out and he lives his life. He's a, a normal kid like everybody else, but he has a lot that he's dealing with. But a lot of people deal with so many challenges. And so for me, it's to inspire him to go out there and not let him stop him from being who he wants to be and what he wants to do. So again, just, you know, yeah, diabetes, it's, you know, it's not the greatest thing in the world. We want a cure for it for sure. There's not a day we don't want a cure for it. But what are we going to do about it? So we raise money. Uh, we're advocates. We legislate for, um, you know, more money for uh, research. But also we help people who have diabetes right now you know, so that they have a better quality of life until we find that cure. So how many organ organizations in Arizona, how many organizations help diabetes in Arizona? Well, there's actually two major diabetes organizations in Arizona, and um, we're the only organization, though, that represents everyone with diabetes, the, the 26 million Americans. Some organizations will only uh, be supporting a certain type of diabetes. But American Diabetes Association, since we started in 1940, we've always been about everyone, type 1, type 2, gestational, and MODI, and everyone that cares for someone with diabetes. Because you need a support network. You can't just do it alone. And so um, as a parent, I really appreciate the mission, and I'm proud to be um, a staff member of the American Diabetes Association. I feel like I help people every day, and that's a great position to be in. So if your child is, like, in elementary school, how do you uh – 
how do you make sure that they take their insulin on time and how right. how does that work? Well, that's part, one of the great things about my job is I actually get to help families transition their child back to school after they've been diagnosed. And so we put plans together with the school staff and the parents and, and even the child sometimes to say, what accommodations do you need so that you can still be in class and manage your diabetes without you know risking your um, academics? And so we put together 504 plans or health care plans, and everyone then understands okay you know Johnny has type 1 he needs to test his blood sugar before he goes to lunch so we're gonna let him out of class five minutes early his buddy's gonna walk him to the nurse and he's gonna test his blood sugar and then he's gonna get to eat with his friends in the cafeteria so creating those plans so that he can have a, a normal academic experience but still manage a very you know serious disease is very important for a child because they can see that hey things are gonna get back to normal it's just gonna be a new normal from this point on and so I think that helps. And we get to do that all every day. We help families and schools and children. So how how can um, a person help, like, in, who ha, who's a young kid that wants to know more about diabetes and they don't know how to ask because their parents don't know? Right. Well, part of that is just, you know, maybe asking if you have a classmate with diabetes, finding out if there's information or videos that they can watch because they want to be a good friend to that classmate or they just want to be better informed. I come out and I actually teach on diabetes. Um, in the, the years I've been doing this, a couple years here locally, we had two kids from two different schools diagnose themselves with type 1 before they became so um, sick that they had to be hospitalized. That's pretty empowering that you're talking to kids about signs and symptoms and they were able to go home and say, Mom, I know why I'm sick and I've been sick for three months. It's not the flu. I think I have this diabetes. And then they go and get tested. And you save that child from a seizure or a coma. So again, you know, we come out and do education, but there's lots of information on our website, diabetes.org. And you can learn about type 1, type 2 if you have a grandparent or a parent or a cousin or a family member with it, you can get on there and really be informed. And that's the best thing people can do in the community is really understand the disease. So like you said, you have a camp for uh, kids with diabetes. Right. Um, what do they do? Do they stay overnight or is right. it like a day camp where right. they can just hang out and... Yes, the American Diabetes Association is the largest sponsor of camps across the country. And so in Arizona in particular, our camp is June the 4th through the 11th. They go a whole week up in Prescott. Every state's a little bit different, their camps, but ours is a week long and their overnight stays. They make lifelong friends. And for the first time for a lot of them, they meet the first other kid with diabetes they've ever met before. And they know they're not alone. There's other people doing this, and they're going to be okay, and they're going to be able to do it. But also it unites people that, hey, we want to find a cure for this, so we don't have to worry about the next generation, all right? And that's the thing. Help us raise money, get educated, and be an advocate for a cure for diabetes. Well, thank you so much for being here, and thank you. Uh, thanks for listening to The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. I'm Emma, and this is Voice America Kids. Thank you again for tuning in to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on Voice America Kids. We'll talk again next week as we dig into more of the issues that really matter to today's kids, whether they are good, bad, or ugly. Listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. 
The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. 